welcome to episode 39 of Slaytanic Vercast. I'm Mo from France, and to my west, broadcasting live from Sajid Javid's living room, where the right on and right honourable Mr. Javid is cowering in a corner from coronavirus, is Dr. Lequessence. How you doing, Doc? Um, I'm fine, and I just need to correct you straight away. He's cowering in the corner from me. Oh, yeah. Oh, go on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does, does he um, know you're there? Norm, because normally you kind of secrete yourself somewhere private. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it depends on his ability to see the seventh and ninth dimensions. Um, <laughs> and obviously, politicians being inaugurated into the ways of the ancient ones, um, I assume he can do this. Even if he couldn't see into the seventh and ninth dimensions, um, he would be aware of the fact that I'm currently probing four of his seven orifices. Right, yes. And, and um, it does explain that enormous bulbous head of his. He, he's got extra senses that most of us mere mortals don't have, I imagine. The thing is, it's difficult for me to get to know which of the ancient mysteries he's been inaugurated. I mean, I, I, I know it's some of them. Yes. Um, uh, but, I mean, uh, is, is, it, is it the ninth ritual of Shabnigarath? Mm-hmm. Um is it the 11th indica- invocation of Namaraktuk? <laughs> Who's to know? Who's to know? Well, the, the, there, are, there are some things that are mysteries even to me, and you know what? Sometimes it's better that way. Yes, yes. How's your week um, been, Doc? Um, the week's been fine, um, as always. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the um, I... I was able to, as you can imagine, gain a lot of energy from um, the proximity to that, that, that gate of hell. Mm. Mm. Um, I, I, I spent a good week around. Um, so I gained the ability to regain normal human shape, um, I think, for a period of about three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and since I, know, I, I feel no good reason to do that at the moment, um, I'm not. So I, I'm, but it's, 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 it's banked, if you like. Yeah. It's, it's stored in one of, I was going to say it's stored in one, one of my internal organs. It's actually stored in one of my external organs. One of your humps. It resembles an enormous plague boobo. Mm, mm. Um, in that it's it's black and it, it, it weeps green puss. Oh, um, and it's approximately the size of a human head. Yes. The more I learn, Doc, about you, the more revolted I am. Um, I've, um, I've moved house, Doc. I'm now living in lovely lovely warwickshire which is a rather charming part of of england with lots of countryside um lots of old saxon villages um it really is quite delightful i feel i feel truly blessed i'm in a really good mood and you know maybe i need a bit of slayer to kind of drag me back to reality what do you reckon well i mean you're in the right part of the world for some awesome metal heritage mm-hmm. uh, uh, i mean i i I believe you're in the county of, um, like, without, um, yeah, I, I, I believe you're in the county of Napalm Death and Sabat, aren't you? Sabat, certainly, yes. I thought Napalm Death were Brummies, but, you know, I, I, I could be incorrect. Somehow, I feel as though it's Coventry. Oh, yeah, it, it, it's certainly possible. Yeah, it's certainly possible. I, th- I think I've got that feeling because, uh, about them being from Birmingham, because it seemed to be every time I went to Costamonga, Shane Embry was kind of lurking at the end of the bar, hoping that people paid attention to him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry that, that was a bitch. I'm sorry, Shane, if you're listening. That, I was being a bitch there. My apologies, Shane. 
Um, for listeners who don't know, uh, Costa Munger was at least, maybe still is, I don't know. I don't uh, know. A, legend, a legendary metal pub bar club um, in just off John Bright Street um, on that very mysterious little triangle of streets mm. um, at the back of Corporation Street. Um, and even people who didn't know Iron Maiden and didn't know anything about metal knew it because it had the name of the place. It had the word Costamonger spelt outside in Iron Maiden lettering. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that, that, that's right. I, I always remember, remember it fondly because, you know, I would go to um, Oasis, which was like a big alternative shopping centre for people that don't know Brum. You know, go and buy my Grebo clothes, you know, so, so, you know, some metal T-shirts and, and, and leather wristbands and things, and, and then and then pop around the corner for, for a cheeky pint in Costa Munger. Th those are the days, Doc. Those are the days. They absolutely were. Um, I don't know if you remember, but um, I think it was called Chamberlain Square, mm. um, like the, the square that... Costamunga and Oasis backed onto. And once you got into Chamberlain Square, it was impossible to escape because the only way out was through one of many seemingly interconnected concrete underpasses that all linked up with each other and somehow conspired to disgorge you back into a different corner of Chamberlain Square. <laughs> yes, um, it didn't, didn't matter which upon well, uh, whereupon, um, in order to gird your loins for another escape attempt, you just have to go and have another pint in Costa Munga before you try it again. <laughs> yeah, and of course, the more pints you you imbibe, the the less chance you've got of navigating your way out of there. I think they had a plan, Doc. It was ingenious. Um, <laughs> um, let's um, let's do a bit of chow time, motherfucker. What do you think about it, Doc? Did we make a lot of mistakes? We've got three mistakes to, to, to discuss, but it's, it's, it's not just for one episode, so don't feel too bad. Don't feel too bleak. Um, in the, it is the first one. In the Raining Blood overview, I said that Slayer's debut predated creators by one year. It was, of course, two years. Shown of Mercy in 1983 and Endless Pain in 1985, respectively. And it wasn't really until 1990 that they achieved any sort of parity in terms of production quality and rel relative success, with creator always seemingly playing catch-up up to that point. Um, I also take back my assertion that if Slayer didn't exist, it would not have affected creator. Looking at the dates of releases, I was clearly incorrect. You know, where Slayer trod, creator followed, until that 1990 period when they... Slayer released Seasons in the Abyss, creator released Coma of Souls, and suddenly, you know... They're on parity, effectively. Um, Very good. That's the first correction. Correction number two. Um, well, not really a correction, actually. More a follow-on, to be fair. Um, a I think a couple of episodes ago, you asked me which songs on Raining Blood had supernatural leanings. Because, you know, we were talking about the fact that the, the lyrical content was a, a little bit more grounded and prosaic than previously. But my reckoning, Doc... Go on. We were trying to establish what well, we were trying to establish whether or not, as as Slayer grew in experience and and, and, and maturity as as musicians and as a band, whether they ditched the supernatural uh, sort of content of their songs. Yeah, you seem to think they did. Um, I asserted that they didn't. Mm. Um, a little bit silly of me because I don't <laughs> think. Like by the time you get to album number four, I don't think there are many songs which even you could earnestly 
really say, you know what I think? I think it's about a demon and another <laughs> demon. I don't yeah, think there are many songs like that. <laughs> it's true. Um, Bomber Reckoning, there were three tracks on Rain in Blood with true supernatural leanings. That'd be Ultra of Sacrifice, Reborn and Raining Blood. I, I think all the others are about kind of reality or versions of reality that are pretty plausible, um, but definitely a significant decrease from previous albums. Um, and the last one, Doc, I'm sorry, sir, but it, this is on you. Um, you oh. said that um, Laguna Sunrise on Sabbath 4, uh, uh, Black Sabbath Volume 4, led into Supernaut. Sorry, Doc, it doesn't. Supernaut closes outside one, and Laguna Sunrise leads into a track called St. Vitus Dance, which is the last but one track. So are you able to remind me off the top of your head, mm. which is the uh, which is the sort of hippy-wobbly song that leads into Supernaut? Let me let me have a quick look. We'll have a little intermission while I do my research. Welcome back. Um, I've done my research and turns out the track before Supernaut is called FX. means nothing to me. Yeah, um, it's, I believe it's, that's mostly um, Giza tinkering around with his FX board. Yeah, well, he does say instrumental and it's only 1 minute 43. So, yeah, that sounds about right, doesn't it? Um, yeah. So there you go. That's the end of our, um, end of our corrections. Now, Doc... I've got a great surprise for you now, which I think you're going to be quite, quite pleased about. We have our first ever listener correspondence. What do you make of that? gracious me. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel touched and I feel heartwarmed. Yeah. And it sort of reminds me of, yeah, just like wandering around the desert for days. Or maybe like floating on the ocean going, can anyone hear me? Is there anyone there? <laughs> so we've been contacted by a gentleman called David Spence. And here's what, here's, here's, here's what he had to say. He said, hi, I'm really enjoying your podcasts with Mo and the Doctor. I'm halfway through the Raining Blood album. Uh, will this be continuing for seasons in the abyss? Can't seem to be able to find them on my podcast search. Thanks, Dave. Do you want to clue him up, Doc? Well, obviously, we started with um, track one of album one. We proceeded through albums two and album three. Mm -hmm. um, and um, for as much as we're able to, um, we plan on doing this for every single track that Slayer ever recorded, right? Correct, yeah. So track by track, from track number one of the first album to the final track on their last album. Um, so, yeah, probably Seasons in the Abyss content will start dropping from the time this podcast is actually released, uh, you know, maybe two, two or two and a half months in the future. Um, but honestly, David, re thanks for getting in touch. We, we really appreciate it. Uh, basically, we're going to do this um, unless 
unless I die. Now, the reason I say I is because, of course, the Doc is immortal and cannot die. So there's no problem there. But I am a mere mortal. So, you know, I may, I may sh shake off this mortal coil one of these days. Unless that happens, David, we keep recording. Don't you worry, sir. Um, really cheered me up. Um, topic of the week, Doc. Give me a number from one to four. I'll go for an evil number. Uh, I'll go for an evil number. Uh, I'll say six. Well, I don't have a six. It's one to four. Six. Um, two. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you blew my uh, mind there for a second, Doc. Um, if, I can't have, if I can't have a component of 666, I shall have the number of horns. So, yeah, good point. Yeah, horns aloft. Um, here's the question. Has metal reached its logical conclusion and is this why there has been no radical development for the best part of 20 years what do we make of that i'm mighty great question great question um in the manner of this of, of, of the u.s supreme court in the vote of marbury versus madison it's a great question but i might not be the correct organization to answer it mm -hmm. um because to a large extent, metal reached its logical conclusion for me in about the year 2000, okay. maybe even a little earlier than that. Mm -hmm. um, but, now, but, but that fits in entirely with the question, because the end of the question is, um, hang on, oh, I just deleted it, hang on, let, let, let me pull it back up. Is this why there has been a radical development for the best part of 20 years? I mean, you know, 2000 is 21 years ago, sir. Yeah, but I kind of have to take your word for that, okay, uh, because sure. I don't know. Um, that that was when I dropped out. Yeah. Now, it would be the first time that I've dropped out of something, and then a couple of years later, um, it has um, something very radical and something very new happens to it. Mm, mm. Um, and then it takes me another 15 years to catch up again. So um, this, most obviously, this happened to hip-hop. Um, by 1994, I was kind of quite badly over hip-hop. <clears throat> um I really didn't take to the Cypress Hill influenced stone beat and squeaky hinge noise mm. uh, that, that, that hip hop was going off. Um, and um, I, I, I sort of put it down for a long time. And it turns out that um, I missed out on, um, on a real golden age that was, that, that, that was just coming through. Sure. So actually, at this point, if you had told me that there was a new golden age of metal in the year 2008 or something, um, the first thing I would have said was, you cunt, why didn't you tell me? Oh. <laughs> um, the second thing I would have said was, um, fair play, um, what are your recommendations? Mm. Um, right. If we can kind of agree on the fact that it did reach a logical conclusion about 20 years ago. It's a toughie. It's a tough question. It is a toughie. And I mean, I, I, listeners, please do bear in mind that I'm going to have to answer this question being the age I am and coming up at the time I did. Um, as far as I was concerned, um, death metal had gone as intense as it was possible to go. Mm. Um, black metal had gone as raw and nasty as it was possible to go. Um, and there were only sort of a, a, a couple of ways out after that, which is branching into cross-pollination with new genres. Yeah. Um, which, 
which I guess is fine, but is absolutely not remotely interesting for me. Mm. I, I, I guess one of the big ones that has happened since 2000, or maybe started around 2000, was the um, kind of you know operatic and symphonic influences in 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 in, in more kind of commercially driven metal. The, 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 the most obvious exponent of this would be Finland's Nightwish, you know, who, um, you know, essentially play, you know, rock solid, heavy metal, power metal, um, riffage, but they have, or they had at least, uh, you know, an, a, a truly classic, a truly classical opera trained female singer as their, you know, as, as their front woman, basically. Um, you know, so, so that was something new for sure. Sure, uh, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things that that, that happened, and I expect uh, I, I expect there's at least ooh, I don't know three people um, leaping for their keyboards at the moment to tell me how wrong I am and how stupid and ignorant I am. There comes a time when you have to leave youth culture to the youth, mm. um, and you have to stroke your chin a bit and say, well, you know, I, I've, I've had my great 10 years um, out of this. Isn't it now time to like, put it down and, 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 and walk away from it um, and leave it to the next generation of people? Yeah, yeah. Um, what really finished me, like what made me not want to participate in heavy metal for a good long time was, um, and you saw this coming, you know what I'm going to say, it was new metal. Oh, of course, um, yeah. Which I, I hated to death, and I still do. Mm. Um, and that, you know, that, that just made me want nothing to do with um, the, 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 the sort of whole um, constituency of um, extreme music mm -hmm. at that point. Um, I really, really lost patience with it. And, I mean, peculiarly, as far as I can work out, metal in all of its many splendid forms is probably more popular now than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, um, I mean, I, I think it probably reached its peak about 10 years ago in terms of kind of cultural influence, you know, where the, that was the time when, you know, action movies um, were, were, were and, 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 you know, like the, the, the teen horror movies were, were using metal in their soundtracks, um, you know, to a significant degree. I don't think that's true anymore. Well, and, and, and also it seems to me that about ten, between 15 years ago and 10 years ago, um, being, uh, being metal was a perfectly legitimate choice when you were picking your youth tribe. Yeah, exactly, yes. Um, it, it is hard to say, you know, what, what day youth are doing these days, given, you know, given that we're both men, you know, in, in, at least in our middle age, shall we say, as horrible as that yes. sounds. Um, Doc... We've got we've we've got a bit of a we've got a bit of a tune on our hands tonight. So should we should we crack on with sure. it? I think we should. Don't forget, guys, you can contact us on Twitter at Vercast or on email at slatanicvercast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook uh, under slatanicvercast too. Um, so let's hope somebody else does. And David, if if you're of a mind, send us another question. We really enjoyed it. Okay, welcome to part two of the show. Um, we're going to play the track, are we? Um, and 
find out what we find. Today's track is track two from South of Heaven, which is, of course, Silent Scream. <laughs> They didn't stay. They didn't stay slow for long, did they, Doc? No, and it's. I'm not saying I'm disappointed, person. Mm. Uh, I'm not saying I'm disappointed that this track's on here, but it's more rain and blood type stuff mm-hmm. now, isn't it? it well, it, certainly, um, yes. It's, it's certainly closer to the rainy blood output than uh, you know the opener to this album. No doubt about that. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. Mm. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Um, I'm, I'm not actually disappointed. Uh, there's, there's a tiny bit of me that's a little bit disappointed that they, so early in the album, they appear to be falling back um, on what has been demonstrated to work previously. It's sure. understandable. Um, yeah, that's all I've really got to say on the subject. Yeah, I mean, my observation at this point would be, you know, that, 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 that there's clear ferocity here. You know, kind of similar to, to what we had on Rain in Blood. But to me, instantly, it feels more precise and more clinical and cleaner, almost. You know, it's not, it's not as chaotic, it's not as rampant as the ferocity on Rain in Blood. It's all down to the production, I suppose, isn't it? Every instrument is crystal clear. Yeah, and maybe that's why it seems such a retrograde step to me. Yeah, uh, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to be straining at the limits, the way that the rain and blood material did. Um, I. It's a str- it's a strange reaction it engenders in me because it's. By any normal definitions, it's better, um, but somehow they make it sound too easy. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can assure you, this is not an easy track to play. It's leaving me. It's it's giving me a whole bunch of mixed feelings at the moment, mm, mm. which may be a good thing. Yeah, I would also say, you know, that in in thirty seconds, they've just they've just thrown a whole bunch of stuff at us. You know, you've you've got like the frosty and pace of of the opening riff. Um, you've got Dave yet again going absolutely mental on the kit. Um, you know, really showcasing his his skills, particularly the fills. His fills on this album are just out of this world. Um, and you know, the glorious return of of the like the single finger picked um, melody, which is going to go on to, to to form the basis of the verse riff, basically. Um, so you know, in, in thirty seconds, there's three or four elements that you know really are quite in your face. Should we see how it develops? I think we should, yes, please.
make of uh, Tom's voice here, Doc? I was inclined to comment on this um, on the previous track. Yeah. He's trying to enunciate much more clearly. He's even experimenting with, oh my goodness, singing. I know, it's, it's shocking, isn't it? He's actually trying to sing, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is shocking and yeah. it's oddly effective. Mm. Um, I'm probably going to end up using this phrase a lot during this episode. Um, in the previous song, it was even more effective. Mm. Um, but it's... Um, it's something he's never done before. No. Um, at the very least, it's intriguing. Mm -hmm. I remember watching an interview with with the guys. I think it was um, I think it was just Tom and Jeff. Um, but maybe I'll try and find it and, and drop it in at this point. Um, but the, the the interview was making the point and asking the question. You know, it seems Tom that you're you know that, that you're trying to, to you know to sing more on this album than previously you know what's that about um and i think jeff interjects and says something like you well you know tom used to sing like a like a pig being tortured and now he just sings like now he just sings like a pig um which was which was quite quite a quite an amusing little line a bit of banter between the boys um yeah um I honestly expected you to say he used to sing like a pig being tortured. Now he sings like a pig being fucked. <laughs> no. Oh, Doc, please. Jeff would never be so crass. What do you think? I think it's remarkably effective, actually. And it, I think it totally suits this new production style, to, you know, for, for the instrumentation. Um, you know, the, everything sounds cleaner, more crisp more precise and it seems kind of natural and fitting that, that you know that the vocals are going to adapt in a similar way i think it works great well it, it just fits in with everything slayer have done up to this point which is like whatever else they've done what they've not done is stood still yeah yeah constant evolution isn't it yeah all right let's press on Another Now we're going to go into the solos, Doc. So prepare yourself, prime yourself, sir. The ga let the games begin. <laughs> Who we got? What do you reckon? Um, is that Hanneman? That's a Kerry. That's a oh, Mr. King. That's a Kerry King solo. Yeah. What 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 bluffed you there, Doc? Um. Well, there's there's too many like actual musical notes being played <laughs> in rapid succession, um, yes. and uh, the, the there just aren't enough pick squeals and there, there isn't enough tremolo arm abuse. Yeah, it seems too coherent to be a Kerry King yeah. solo. Yeah. <laughs> And unfortunately, we can't play it again. Even though there's now a second solo, it's a clear changeover, so we know that the next solo is Hanneman. Uh, but it'd be interesting. Let's listen to it and see see if you see if you think this sounds like a Hanneman solo. Let's find out. <laughs> Hanneman. 
go. That's the end of that's it's a long one, isn't it? You know, that that's quite protracted that solo. But that's Hanneman. Did it sound like it, or do you think they've swapped roles again? Um, I think Jeff has like run the complete gamut. Yeah. Um, he's 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 gone all the way from um everything we know and love about Jeff Hanneman to everything we know and love about Kerry King. Mm, mm. I, um, I, I think that is the difference between the two guitarists, you know. Um, I, I do think that Jeff is just a much more accomplished solo player. You know, he, it's like he, he can do what Kerry can do, but then he can do what he can do, but it doesn't seem really like it works the other way around quite to the same degree. I don't think either of them can really work without the other. Mm. Um, Kerry hasn't got the level of flash, um, but the song certainly, like, you, you couldn't just take Kerry away or you couldn't replace him with eight and other guitarists. No, no. And, 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 you know, I mean, spoilers, guys, but, you know, we, we know what happens when you take Jeff away because, you know, the, the, their final album is without Jeff and entirely written by Jeff King. It's Jeffless, yeah, unfortunately. Um, but, but of course, we'll get to that all in good time. We, you know what? We've only got about fifty seconds less left. Let's uh, maybe we we'll play. Maybe we we'll play the track out. Here we go. Real day, humanity maintained. Extraction, termination. Things agonize and stay. Embryonic death embedded in your brain. Suffocation, strangulation. Death is fucking you. there we go guys that was track two from south of heaven which is called silent scream uh come on then doc give me your brains i'm trying to um get my head around this as um an extension of the rain and blood material it's clearly not like a rain and blood outtake or something that just didn't fit on that album or mm-hmm. i'm trying to imagine it from the perspective of being um a next level rain and blood track so Let's stick with that style, but then see what we can do with, as we discussed last week, um, the better production values, um, the better equipment, the better studio. For me, it's not really an advance on anything that was on Rain and Blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it could have slotted quite neatly onto the album, or yeah. I think it could have been a standalone single in between the two albums. There's nothing wrong with it, but I think I said the exact same thing about track two on Rain and Blood as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's just not it's not moving anything forward at this moment. Sure, sure. So you're not seeing as much kind of evolution as as you would like to see. Um, but that's okay. Uh, like not not every single song on a ten track album has to be doing something brand new and innovative all the time. Of course. Yeah, I, I've got to say, I mean, I, I absolutely love this song, Doc. This, this would easily make my top 10 Slayer tunes. Um, I, I, I love the intensity and speed of the guitars. Um, 
I love the subject matter, which of course we'll get onto in the next in the next part. I love the um, just the, the, the that the, like the crisp production, which I think really works brilliantly with the you know with with, with the pace that's happening. And it's just, and it's Dave Doc. It's Dave. Dave is on fire. You know the the double bass playing is just epic. Um, it's 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 intense. It's almost non-stop. It's so precise. And it just drives his track along. Um, I, I just, I just bloody love it. I don't know what else to say. I bloody love it. Um, so I can just not be relentlessly negative. So I can say something overwhelmingly positive about this track. It, listening to it right now, this evening, this track wrote the rule book for the next three years of death metal. Comment. Oh, I mean, that, 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 that's a tough one to drop on me on the fly um but you, you, i understand you're just getting your vengeance for the for the topic sense section of the show where i do that to you every single <laughs> bloody week um i don't yeah I'm, I'm, the intensity certainly um i think that like the the melody the melodic nature of that verse riff yeah i can i can see that you know the likes of dismember you know and unleashed and people like that would pick that up and run with it for sure and and the craze drumming, yeah, like you know, like the intense the intense double bass work, yeah. I mean, I can't disagree with you. That track is a hair's breadth from something you'd have found on Altars of Madness. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about that the the album that maybe we mentioned far too many times, Nocturnus, the key. You know, it's got that kind of. <laughs> <laughs> you can never mention the key by Nocturnus, too. but yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But, apart from Apart from the fact that Silent Scream by Slayer doesn't have vocals that sound like a fish. <laughs> they all, he's the, 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 the vocalist in, in, in Nocturnus, it sounds like he's, he's being recorded from, from inside the drum of a washing machine for some reason. <laughs> I've got no idea what the fuck they were thinking. <laughs> Never mind. Um, <laughs> um, not an accusation you could level at this track, but <laughs> the key by Nocturnus is a fundamentally silly album. Oh, I love it. Absolutely marvellous. Yeah. I listen to it about once a year. <laughs> Honestly, how can you not love an album which contains the line, the evil robot I construct to aid in my escape? <laughs> Pause. Enter, Enter the, the droids. droids. <laughs> yeah, of course. Enter the droids. Yeah. And what's the other track? Is it is it BCAD, which is about going back in time to, to kill Jesus as a baby? <laughs> yeah. Also, has an even better rhyming couplet in it. Um, uh, I think it says, like, manger is raped, also defile, blazing away at man, woman, and child, laughing hysterically all of the while. Oh, How can God. you not love that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nocturnus. I'll, I'll drop a bit in. I'll drop, everybody's going to listen to the Nocturnus. Surely. <laughs> Let's go. 
Any final thoughts, Josh, on, on the music? But go on. Get me back on track. Get me back on track. Or I'm going to talk about <laughs> next two hours. Um, <laughs> any, any final thoughts about the music here before we get before we dive into the into the words? Um, uh, I haven't. I mean, not not without repeating myself. Yeah. Um, the performance is really good. Um, yeah. I really like all of the songs. Um, Kerry is great. Jeff is slightly better mm. on mm-hmm. this track. Yeah. I wasn't as wowed by the Lombardo on this track as you were. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I was I, I, I was more wowed by the Hanneman on this track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Very uh, interesting. And, you know, in, in, in a crazy kind of way, the, this is Jeff's album. You know, if, if you look, you know, look at the writing credits on this album, Jeff dominates. Very good. Um, so um, the standout musicianship on this track was um, the Dave. Yeah. Uh, for you. And for me, it was the Jeff. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Welcome to part three of the show, where we're going to talk through the, the lyrics of the track we've just heard. Um, I've kind of broken it down into one, two, three, four, five six sections doc so we'll 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 work our way through each of them individually here's part one Nightmare, the persecution, a child's dream of death, torment, ill-forgotten, a soul that will never rest, guidance, it means nothing in a world of brutal time, electric, circus wild, deep in the infant's mind. Now, Doc, I have a very clear idea of exactly what this song is about, so I'm very, very curious as to how, you know, as, as, as to what interpretation you're going to you, you know, you, you, you're going to reach here. I'm genuinely, genuinely fascinated. Well, I am genuinely asking you to make a redemptive reading of this song um, on my behalf uh, because I need to go into this a little bit clearly, which is an exercise I'll be doing this evening. Mm. But this is the closest I've ever come to ditching a band based on the lyrics of one song. Oh, really? It, 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 it um, really infuriated you. Um, well, I I went back and I got a bit more out of it than that, but um, my first listen was, um, you fuckers, you wrote an anti-abortion song. Fuck mm-hmm. you, fuck you, fuck you seriously. Mm. You conservative, craven, chicken-hearted, Christian-loving, cowardly fucks. Why don't you piss off and suck Nancy Reagan's cunt right now? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. The, 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 the doctor knew um, well, uh, that 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 was a, a, a visceral reaction. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, imagine that—a band like Slayer eliciting a visceral reaction from yeah, someone. Yeah, sure. I, I, I think I think they I think they'd be delighted. <laughs> and uh, I mean, uh, so we obviously need to put a bit more effort into this. Mm. Um, would you be willing to go next? Certainly, I'm talking through this. I mean, I'll, I'll respond to you. I'll, I'll, I will respond to your point there, actually, directly. Um, you know, I think there is a difference between 
writing a song um, about a subject um, and being supportive of the subject itself. You know, so in, in, in the same way that Angel of Death is about Joseph Mengele, um, I don't think that means that, that, that Jeff Hanneman is a Nazi sympathiser. Um, so I think it is perfectly possible because the, the, these lyrics are written by Tom. Um, and it, it, as, as we discussed last episode, you know, um, Tom is of, of, of Chilean descent, probably raised in a like a devout, devout Catholic upbringing, um, probably heard lots and lots of things about the evils of abortion. So I would I would argue it's perfectly possible for him to write from that perspective, even if he doesn't necessarily feel it in his heart. I know we're coming back to the uh, the, the, the the reportage um, explanation um, now, aren't we? Um, you know, which is um, we are uh, we're writing a song about a subject. Um, it doesn't mean we're supportive of the thing we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I, I should be pretty used to this idea, considering that one of my favourite bands ever is Big Black. Now, shouldn't I? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's still intensely problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether it's more problematic because I happen to know the song is being sung by a man who hasn't quite kicked, kicked the Catholic habit yet. Yeah. Uh huh. Is it? Um, I think it's perfectly possible that, you know, that Tom's almost kind of delivering it, you know, from the perspective of the priests, the, you know, that, you know, maybe visited his school, you know, the, 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 the Sunday morning services that maybe he had to attend, the Sunday school that maybe he was compelled to attend. And so he's just almost kind of getting, getting all of that shit off his chest. Um, you know, through the narrative of this track. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's, uh, it, it's perfectly well into the, um, the really quite sizable canon of songs about uh, whose uniting subject is fundamentally, you know what, Catholic upbringings really fuck you up. Yeah. They really, really fuck you up. Yeah. Um, they give you a really screwed, really fucked up worldview. Mm. Mm. Um, Any particular... Very, any particular, particular? Oh, sorry, Doc. Any particular lines you want to uh, draw attention to, or um, we haven't quite got to it yet. Um, it, it's uh, it's the sacrifice the unborn. Yeah. Um, we'll 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 go back um, a few. So nightmare, the persecution, a child's dream of death. Mm-hmm. This is almost about an entirely different subject. These first couple of lines. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't really understand. I, I think it's undoubted this, that you know the song is is an anti-abortion song. I don't really know what, how how those two lines fit in. I'm going to stick my neck out a long, long way here, um, and I'm unashamedly attempting to make a redemptive reading of the song yeah. for me as much as anybody else. The urban experience of growing up in deprivation. Mm-hmm. Um, fundamentally being equivalent to abortion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued by this line, guidance, it, it means nothing in a world of brutal... We've got some clumsy fucking poetry going on here. In, in, in a world of brutal time, I don't even mm-hmm. know what that means or what it's supposed to mean. Guidance, it means nothing. Um, I presume this is a reference to... Um, there's 
probably a bunch of nice liberal folks um, who work in your school and have counselling programmes and after-school programmes, um, and they probably fret themselves to death. Um, but, you know, actually none of that mean, none of that is remotely meaningful to the kids who actually have to grow up in the ghetto. Mm. The, the way that I read that line, guidance, it means nothing in a world of brutal time. I think that's the guidance of, you know, the Bible, the priests, um, and you know, the, the the in a world of in a world of brutal time, that's that that that's the world that we live in now, basically. You know, so right. That, that that's the way that I read it. Yeah, um, yeah, you can have that. Yeah. Um, electric circus wild. Any ideas? Not a clue. Not a clue. I just put a big question mark next to that line. I no, not a clue. Um, I, I can find no interpretation with that whatsoever it, i mean it's, you know it's just the crazed dreams of, of the fetus in the womb that's the best i can do doc i've, I've got literally no idea that that would that, that, yeah, electric circus i don't know i don't know no um i mean the the obvious thing which i don't like very much um I, a lot of these lyrics are a fucking mess mm -hmm. it, you mean like structurally well, in terms of meaning things in the English language. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, Shall we, should we do the next four lines, which, you know, is kind of effectively the chorus. Yeah. Silent scream, bury the unwanted child, beaten and torn, sacrifice the unborn. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory stuff, isn't it? Um, yeah. Um, and uh, honestly, I like this subject better when Johnny Rotten did it. Mm. I, I think this is shock for the sake of shock, personally. You know, And that's why I don't think that Tom is delivering this you know, as his own kind of personal view of the world. I, I think if, I think, you know, you know, somebody who was like a devout anti-abortionist would be very unlikely to, you know, to, to, to be able to write, you know, this graphically and this kind of almost coldly about, you know, what they perceive to be such a horror. Um, someday, take a look at Jack Chick on abortion. Uh-huh. Christian fundamentalist, um, comic book and comic tract writer. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, who, yeah, um, pretty much comes out with stuff like this, but means it. Does he really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, come on, Doc, give me, give me something to work with. What are you thinking about these four lines? Um, I mean, it's... God, um, I already said it, I'm going to have to repeat myself. In terms of being shocking and being horrifying and making you want to puke, I think the Sex Pistols did it much better, much, mm. much better. Rem rem uh, remind me, remind me of the track. I, I know it, of course. Uh, it's track two off the Nevermind the Bollocks album. Um, and um, I think um, screaming, fucking, gargling, bloody mess um, is the line that most people remember. 
and fuck this and fuck that. Fuck you all, you fuckers and the fucking brat. I don't want a baby that looks like that and you don't want a baby that looks like that. Mommy, I'm not an animal. And the track's called Animals, isn't it? Or Animal. It's called Bodies. It's, it's it's the second closest that an an actual song, like not the video and not the, the associate, it's the second closest that an actual song has ever come to making me throw up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let, let's go on to the next little section here. Another child, Shattered, another child, bearer of no name, restrained, insane games, suffer the children condemned, scattered, remnants of life, murder, a time to die, pain, suffrage toyed, life's little fragments destroyed. I do like that line, bearer of no name. I think that I think that's you know that that's 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 potent um and and, and, and provocative both at the same time. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting better. As the song yeah. goes on, we're, uh, we're getting better. Um, I, what do you make of this use of the word suffrage? Well, I've, no, I've, I've noted that because I, I actually tried to um, look this word up because the way that it's spelt is suffraged. S-U-F-F-E-R-A-G-E-D. Now, as far, yeah. as, I, as far as I can determine that word does not exist you either have suffering or suffrage yes. but not suffrage do you see what i mean so i mean uh, yeah uh suffrage being um, a noun meaning voting rights yeah exactly you, um, you know fight, fighting for your for your voting rights effectively well it just means voting rights oh does it i, uh, I, I uh, thought there was an element of like, you know having to protest and and demand it you know like emily pankhurst no. for example no, um, having suffrage just means having the right to vote. Oh, thanks, Doc. Yeah, uh, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, um, and it's a noun, and as such, can't be declined into the past tense by itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, um, yeah, uh, suffrage, pain, suffrage, toyed. I mean, with 
I'm going to come up with a, a, a mini theory here that I'm going to oh. run past you. Yeah. Um, if we accept that this is effectively um, Tom's take, third world Catholic education that um, he or his parents would have received. Yeah. Are we meant to? Are, are these lyrics meant to be in? Are these lyrics meant to be written by? Or are we meant to assume that these lyrics are? In, are, are the words of someone who speaks English as a second language? Oh, I, I mean, I, I, I never, I didn't think that. Um, but it's an interesting theory. But you know, I mean, that that, that that's such a, um, I don't know. I mean, that that, that that's such like a, an arch technique to deploy. Do, 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 do you, th you think Tom would go there? I don't know. Um, mm. I'm trying to find. Um, I, I mean. I'm trying to find an excuse, or I'm trying to find an explanation for the fact that these lyrics read like someone who doesn't speak English very well. Yeah. Mm. Um, what about this bit, restrained, insane games? What, what games is, is he talking about? And what restraint? What's being restrained? What kind of people get restrained? Business? Um, insane people? Lunatics. Yeah. Um, protesters? Um, yeah. um, I don't know, animals, perhaps, um, uh, pe people involved in um, like S&M, you know, hardcore S&M games. Sure. I mean, all of those statements are absolutely true and none of them have any bearing yeah. on any of the rest of the lyrics. Yeah, irrelevant to the context of the song, aren't they? Suffered the children condemned. Uh, and you've you've got this weird biblical non sequitur here. You know, you've you've got um, what would generally what's generally considered to be one of Jesus's most potent statements of humanity and equality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Suffer not the children to come unto me. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm 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 available for everyone to speak to. Mm. But, but you know, in my opinion, Tom is just you know invoking that that biblical passage just. Just for fun, just for sport, just to be provocative, and then you know, adding the verb "condemned" at the end, um, you know, to make it relevant to the track, to, you know, to the subject of the song, because you know, an anti-abortion, an anti-abortionist would perhaps you know believe that you know that, that you know the, the, these children are condemned to death. It's messy, though, isn't it? It's, I don't it's, it's a mess. The whole fucking thing is a mess. Yeah. Um, I mean, I. One of the big problems with writing a song about this, about subjects like this, mm. you can write you can write a cold blooded song about Nazis, mm. and you can write a cold blooded song about third world dictators, um, because it's relatively possible to understand what they think they were thinking. Yeah. The problem with the problem with fundamentalist Christians and anti abortionists. Um, is none of what they think makes any sense anyway. Mm. Mm -hmm. You can't mock it because it's self-parodical to begin with. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, you can't rationalise with it because these people are not smart enough to rationalise along with. Mm. Um, I mean, in, in the world, in the actual thing, no one has an abortion for a laugh. I didn't think I needed a vasectomy. I was like a some convenient frame of mind because i've been I've, I've dumped irresponsible nuts for my whole life and never came up unlucky right with the baby so i i thought i figured with all the shit i've done to my body i i was surprised i 
I had sperm that was still white, much less potent. <laughs> exactly. So I, and then I knock on my wife a year and a half ago. It was the first abortion. It was the only abortion I've had, but it was might have been the longest abortion of all time. It took a month to have. Has any, anyone had an abortion? You're all wrapped with attention now, all of a sudden. And so I assume you all have. It's a fucking horrible thing to go to. Uh, and not horrible in that, oh, it's a living thing. What are we doing? Fuck the living thing. A genital wart is a living thing. If, if it's going to irritate you for life, burn it off, right? Get the fuck Bladder cancer is alive and growing like a baby in you. If you try to remove that, I'll protest you and say, stop playing God. If, if you want to get into this issue of... Um... Well, you can comment on a subject without without making value judgments about it. I think we can understand that it's possible that there are some people in the world who might murder a member of an ethnic minority for a laugh. Mm-hmm. We sure. can understand that there are some. We can understand that there are some people in the world who will worship Satan for a laugh. We can understand that there are some people in the world who will do very very damaging things, such as gambling or taking drugs, um, for a laugh. But no. Th- Seriously, does any, does even the most ardent abortionist think that people have an abortion for shits and giggles? Mm, no, 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 Do I don't. Assume that having an abortion is fun. Mm, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, it, no, it, 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 it's it's certainly not something that anybody um, would take lightly. I, I, I can't imagine a I cannot imagine a situation, you know, where a woman would, you know. You know, just just casually decide to have an abortion. No, no, I don't. It, it seems utterly implausible to me. So, uh, the the way in which Slayer lyrics normally work is by taking a mundane subject um, and pushing it that little bit further, and putting a distorting lens on the part of it that can so very easily warp into madness and insanity. I don't think I'm pushing the envelope too much by saying, and this works best when. Um, they apply that lens to the most warped human monsters um, who are closer than we might think to being human beings like ourselves. Okay. Yeah, I think we, we, we talked about it during the, um, maybe the Angel of Death episode, you know, the fact that all of us are, you know, that kind of sliding doors moment away from becoming something monstrous. Yeah, and we brought it up, and I, I'm going to bring this subject up in a second as well. Doing this and doing it properly, uh, what's fundamental to that is Slayer's very detached, very cold-blooded way of viewing things. And the, the, the way you put it, uh, which I think is great, is um, you said that they, they, they seem very reluctant to judge. Slayer mm-hmm. don't judge because fundamentally they know that all of those dictators and serial killers um, that they're just people, and but for one bad day, one bad influence in your life, or one bad decision, that could be you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all started off as adorable little babies. But the, I, th- but I think that that serves as evidence to my theory that Tom is not speaking from his own perspective, but from the perspective of you know, like a fundamentalist, anti-abortionist Christian. Um, because this song is judgmental in a way that Slayer lyrics never are. 
and that, and so that makes me think he's talking he's talking about it through a different characters through through a different character's voice effectively okay we're on to something interesting here the lens that's being applied um effectively it's the same lens um slayer is inviting us to see the world through the same lens as slayer also invites us to see the world from a completely warped psychotic unsympathetic perspective yeah if we can accept that if we can get over that hurdle so effectively this is this is not commentary at all um this is as in the way of numerous of the slayer songs which we have yet to come to um effectively a a vision of the world seen through the eyes of a madman correct um in which case all of a sudden everything else makes sense mm. um including the lyrics that make no sense mm. um the fact that the lyrics read like they're written by someone with a really really shaky grasp of the english language mm. um it, it, because if if your mind is twisted if your mind is warped if you have no grasp of reality then you know the thoughts that the thoughts that tumble through your head and the words that tumble out of your out of your mouth are likely to be you know incoherent to you know to rational sane thinking people yeah i suppose the reason it took me such a long time to get to this is that they never quite give me the impression of being interestingly insane mm. in the way that the third world dictator or a serial killer is mm-hmm. they're just boring sanctimonious fucks yeah mm-hmm. um there are people who feel the need to preach on a subject that they know perfectly well they'll never have to experience in their lives um and that's why they feel being that's 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 why they feel so judgmental about it um when we get onto the serial killer songs and a few more dictator songs um what slayer are very very good at is establishing the intimacy um between perpetrator and victim mm-hmm. um the closeness the sense of shared experience yeah and slayer do that in a way that's um so convincing and so chilling and so illustrative mm. um and it's another thing that contributes to the fact that slayer never judge sorry doc the tracks that spring to mind you know when, when you're talking about that would be i mean the two that immediately come to mind dead skin mask two on three yeah i, I think yeah. both of those qualify you know for, for the the description you, you just gave us yeah i mean the they're they're basically songs about very 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 wrong kinds of love and intimacy yeah that's right yeah um, um and the problem is that anti-abortionists are not nearly that interesting mm. i don't know if you had to uh, this this is not one of those questions that i haven't even brought up yet i don't know whether you just had to be there in the us in the mid 80s when mm. abortion clinics were being picketed yeah um and members of the anti-abortion movement would try to get jobs as secretaries inside abortion clinics so they could get copies of patients names and home addre- and, and home addresses oh yes so um, yeah the, it looked early examples of doxing people effectively wasn't it like um, name yeah. and sh- name and shame so they could be targeted for violence and intimidation um and well it, Uh, having like fake counselors go around to their house to try mm-hmm. to talk them out of it uh, yeah. you know, um 
we're from the clinic. Um, you're about to make a, a, a big decision and we've come to give you some help and support. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was scary times for sure. Um, but, but like you say, you know, we, we, we weren't there. And so maybe we don't quite understand it sufficiently. I very, very badly want to find a redemptive reading for this song uh, mm. because I, mean, I, I, um, I reacted very, very badly to it the first time I heard it. You, 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 you still don't seem happy about it, Doc, to be honest. You know, it, it's rare that I see you quite this um, uncomfortable, you know, discu- you know, discussing something. You, you, you genuinely seems to have got under your skin in a way that stuff very rarely does. It's an experience very like um, someone you've known for a long time and one night you're out for a beer with them and possibly you both had one too many and the person you're sat next to suddenly slips into spouting a whole bunch of opinions. The experience you're left with at the end of the evening when you get back home um, is a feeling of overwhelming sadness and you, you, you just... You you want to have not heard that person say say that stuff. Sure. You really really sure. wish you'd made an excuse for not being able to go go out this evening because obviously things once said can never be unsaid and they can mm-hmm. never be completely retracted. Um, and the other the the feeling you're left with is not outrage or anger. It's just um, I really wish they could have kept that stuff to themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and that's the experience I'm having with the song mm. and um, effectively I'm making those excuses. Um, um, maybe they'd had a really bad day. Maybe they were trying to wind me up. Yeah. Hell, maybe I need winding up. Maybe I need a good shaking from, t- but you, you, you can never quite get over. Yeah, but I know, but I can't remember. I, I can't actually forget that stuff that you came out with at that moment. Sure. Yeah. Once it's once it's said, it's impossible to unremember it if such a word exists. Yes. Yeah. Let, let, let's come to the next four lines, Doc, and, and and see if we see if we can glean anything from it. Um, it's it, it's it's the chorus again, really, but the, 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 the it's alternate lyrics. Um, silent scream, crucify the bastard son, beaten and torn, sanctify lives of scorn. Now, this second line here, crucify the bastard son, this to me is the line that, you know, for, for me, confirms the fact that this is Tom um, just kind of being provocative, you know, trying to smash down taboos, you know, d- deliberately choosing to write a song about a subject that, you know, I would imagine at the time was, you know, just, you know, mentioning the unmentionable. Um, I think that line to, to me really cements that in my head. You know, it, it's deliberately kind of referencing, um, you know, you're making a biblical reference, which is not really, not really, re- I suppose, although then again, you could read it that, that, that there's a judgment again, couldn't you? The, the bastard son. So the women that are getting the abortions, are the women women having sex out of wedlock, for example? But but that word crucify that, that doesn't make sense in the context of abortion, does it? Because the baby is not crucified. No matter no, no matter uh, what you think about abortion, the baby is not crucified. You can trust right wingers to make everything women's fault, 
unless there are immigrants around. If there are no immigrants around, then it's women's fault. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, cru- crucify the bastards. It's it's just chucking a bunch of provocative imagery around. That's what I think's happening, Doc. That's exactly what I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but that you know that, that that's why I don't get upset about it. You know, um, because I, I I think he's just being a bit childish. And just and just trying to kind of kick the hornet's nest, and, and and I think he's actually trying to piss off the anti-abortion people. None of whom would ever listen to a Slayer album. I know, but I know, but, the, but you know, but that, that that's true of, of of several of their songs, isn't it? You know, you know, the, 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 the you know their songs about evangelists. You, you could make the same argument, couldn't you? It is a good question. Um, who is this song meant for? Who is it? Yeah. Who who is it meant to provoke? And it, it's sort of. It goes to the root of my, my, my problems with, with people who claim that metal is just meant to be misanthropic and nihilistic. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, why, for instance, has Slayer never written a song about petrol bombing Korean general stores? Um, that would be provocative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, would, that, that, would, um, that would shock the pussywork liberals, wouldn't it? Yeah, but, but, but it's not gory. And it's and, and it'd be very difficult to you know to 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 invoke kind of biblical references. I think in that situation, is it? That's that, that's what I think is interesting about this tune. You, you've kind of you've you've got the the, the 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 biblical vocabulary being used, and the shock, and gore, um, and horror, or perceived horror of of the you know of of, of the procedure of of abortion. Um, I, I, I do. I, I really, really do think it is. It is just an attempt to outrage people. I think also we have. Yeah. To, I think we also have to kind of, temp, you know, contextualize it temporally. You know, this is nineteen eighty-eight. It, it's not twenty twenty-one. Um, I'm going to stick by probably the third theory we came up with. The only yeah. way in which this makes any sense to me. Um, is if it's one of these Slayer songs where Slayer invite you to view the world through the eyes of a madman. Sure. Yeah, and, and, and I'm perfectly happy to go with that, Doc. Sure. You know, yeah, I, I accept your theory. You know, my sense is that it, it, it's Tom being a provocateur. Your theory is that it's, yeah, the, the, the world through the lens of a maniac. Yeah, I like it, Doc. The world through the eyes of a maniac with the the words. So I, I'm I'm trying really hard to find redemptive readings for this. Um, they're words that would be chosen by someone who thinks they're a lot smarter than they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, exactly the kind of person who might fancy themselves as a bit of a lay preacher or a bit of a a Bible studies tutor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they've they've acquired a lot of surface vocabulary from somewhere. Crucially, they've missed learning what those word means. <laughs> they've missed learning what those word means. <laughs> Very good. Um, Very good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I mean, we've we've got like half baked bits of the New Testament completely misunderstood. Suffered the children condemned. Congratulations, you've just completely missed what Jesus was talking about in that sentence. Yeah, so, um, suffrage, a word, that, a word that does not exist. Um, and the closest you can get, um, meaning the right to vote, having no meaning at all. Um, 
crucify the bastard son. Um, I mean, that sounds um, that sounds like our putative fundamentalist Christian has 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 sort of um, has has been at some satanic literature or something like this. Um, I'm convinced there's at least one goat metal album called "Crucify the Bastard Son." <laughs> I think that line is is written, you know, uh, specifically because it sounds blasphemous and it sounds great when Tom screams it. I, I think that's what I think that's why he wrote those lines. That well, that particular yeah. line. Yeah. Um, let's press on, Doc. Um, Life, real day, humanity maintained. Extraction. Life preordained, humanity maintained, extraction, termination, pain's agonizing stain, embryonic death embedded in your brain, suffocation, strangulation, death is fucking you insane. I mean, once again, I'm I'm really struggling. Mm. Life preordained, humanity maintained. Um, I don't get it. Um, I, 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 yeah, I, I think it's saying that you know our right to exist is 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 preordained, and you know to to to, to commit the act of abortion is you know is, is wrong in some way, and humanity maintained. Well, you know the only way the population is maintained is by is by people breeding and not and not and not sucking the fetuses out, basically. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we've we've encountered this before uh, um, in Slayer lyrics. In the world of Slayer lyrics, um, Christian fundamentalism is greatly concerned with breeding more Christian fundamentalists. Yeah, breeding the army effectively. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'll, I'll I'll buy that for now. Yeah. Um, Extraction, termination, pains, agonizing, stain. Um, I mean, that, that, that's particularly un- graphic and, un- and unpleasant, isn't it? Um, you know, because that is redolent of, you know, the, the, the you know the scenes in the in the operating theatre. Um, you know, the very real and physical stain that, that that would presumably occur. You know, as as the as the procedure is taking place. I've, I've never yeah. seen an abortion, but I imagine there's, I imagine, I imagine there's blood and mucus and fluids involved. Just so anyone knows who knows anyone who is com- contemplating this procedure, um, it's nothing like an operation. Mm. Um, there's a certain amount of blood, um, but fundamentalist Christians love to produce pamphlets very often with drawings um, and lurid descriptions about how much blood there is and how much pain there is. And no, there really isn't. Sure. Um, it's a procedure act after which you can, you probably want to take the rest of the day off, but you can go about the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is, um, these two lines are absolutely nothing to do with what the procedure is actually. Uh, these, these two lines, and this, this is supporting evidence for what you've been saying all along. I think, also, I think it's also. I think it's also. Oh, sorry, Doc. I think it's also supporting your idea that it's the you know the the, the delusions of a madman. 
it's the delusions of a madman who has got far too much of his his, his information from um, propaganda handed out by Christian fundamentalists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I, um, I, I, to, I, to, I totally buy it. I totally buy it. You know, I mean, Christian fundamentalists want you to believe that um, the surgeon goes in with a huge pair of steel forceps um, and there's actually a screaming from inside the uterus as the mm. surgeon strangles strangles that baby mm. um, and then a, a, a full-size dead baby mm. is pulled out. That's um, right. In fact, the title of the track, I did, I did a, a, a little bit of reading. Um, the title of the track comes from just such a documentary from about 1985 um, which is called The Silent Scream, which does all of the things that you've just described. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, embryonic death embedded in your brain. So that's that's the mother's brain, I presume, isn't it? Or is it, or is it the brain of, you know, the outraged mob of anti-abortionists outside the clinic? What do we reckon? I assume this is, well, it, it, it's, it's another common threat, isn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. It's another bog-standard fun, uh, fundamentalist Christian threat. If you do this, how are you going to live with yourself yeah. for the rest of your life? Exactly. Um, that, that, that's why every, I think it's the mother. Yeah. Every day for the rest of your life, you'll have to live with the memory of the fact that you murdered a baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Suffocation, strangling. Death is fucking you insane. It, it, uh, and that's that's just clearly in there to have some cool words. I think so. I, but, 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 but also it could, you know, it could be, um, again, like the, like the demented preacher, um, you know, using that word, you know, fucking you insane. Instead of like driving you insane, fucking you insane, you know, because he imagines that the only women that would get abortions are, you know, dirty, promiscuous harlots being fucked all the time. Sure. Yeah. But but ultimately, it's there because it sounds cool to scream at the top of your lungs. Really, that's three lines, Doc. Here we go. We need it there. We need it a bit. Quite grueling this one. Innocence withdrawn in fear. Fires burning. Can you hear cries? In the night. That's the end of the track. End of the lyrics. Um, I think the first line's pretty, pretty clear. Uh, like fear of parenthood or responsibility. Um, mm-hmm. well, I mean, that, at least for me, that's what that is. Um, and then, but, 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 you know, fires burning. Can you hear which fires? I don't get. Is, is that like the fires of hell that are awaiting you if, if you if you go ahead with this procedure? In the mind of our putative ranting. <coughs> Uh, mad fundamentalist preacher. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think the closest we're going to get to a redemptive reading of this um, is if we if we actually imagine if we actually imagine these lyrics being a Christian fundamentalist pamphlet. Yeah. Uh, um, when someone's been for their first round of counselling, uh, this is something that gets stuffed into her handbag on 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 her way down the drive of the, of, of the clinic. And I think that's the only way in which we're going to make sense of this at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and, and the last line there, we've got uh, cries in the night. And of course, you know, that, that's the, that's the, you know, the, the cries of thousands of, of babies that will never 
you know, that will never see the lives that they should have lived because their life was preordained or should have been preordained. Yeah, um, I, um, this is the single most haunting line. Uh, mm -hmm. It's my single favourite line in the song. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's it's got, um, it's got the supernatural overtones. It's got like all of that, that almost kind of gothic, Wuthering Heights idea that, you know, you're, 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 you're trying to get to sleep. Um, on an evening, and you'll 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 hear your window your your window rattling, and the voice going, "Mommy." <laughs> yeah, you're you're going to hear something very akin to that soon. In our as we work through our other podcast project, for those that don't know, we also do a, a different project called Different Doctor, Same Old Shit, which is a Doctor Who based podcast. And there there, there is a great sequence where you have a a little child keep repeating in a haunting voice are you my mummy are you my mummy honestly doc it's absolutely terrifying anyway doc listen we've got a bit of a we've got a bit of a hard out in about 10 minutes as as you know um so any 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 last words on on the lyrics it's it, it's been a bit of a challenging one which which I did predict to be fair um it's been a challenging one and maybe that's a good thing yeah um i mean it's um, there's a bit of a pattern here. Track two on any Slayer album never seems to be one that I like very much. <laughs> I suppose that all of the effort we've put into finding a redemptive reading, the, the conclusion, like the only conclusion I can come up with, really, is you could you could do better than that. Yeah, you could do better than that. Sure, try harder next time. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it, Doc. Um, let's move on. <laughs> Welcome to part four of the show. Um, just our final thoughts and summations, as usual, but also, as usual, some details before we get into that. Uh, writing credits, music by um, Hanneman and King, lyrics by Tom Araya, All Alone. Um, according to Setlist, this was played by Slayer 260 times in total, putting it in 36th position overall. The first play was at a place called Tacoma Dome, in Tacoma, WA, Doc. What state is that in America? WA. Is that Washington? Washington. Yeah. yeah. Um, Washington. That was on August the 8th, 1988. And the last play was somewhere called Machinaria Festival in Santiago, Chile. And that was on November the 10th, 2012. Um, according to Loudwire, <coughs> um, this iconic track from South of Heaven is perhaps one of the few times that a Slayer song offers any reprise creating drama with every pause and letting the riffs breathe on their own at times. Meanwhile, the lyrics are perhaps the darkest and most controversial ones from the band's discography. And then he quotes embryonic death embedded in your brain, suffocation, strangulation, death is fucking you insane. I've got no idea what, what, what they're talking about when they say that, you know, the, the drama with every pause and letting the riffs breathe. I've got no idea what they're babbling on about there. Maybe listening to the song um, has an, an infectious capacity and, and, and sort of temporarily renders you incapable of using the English language. In the <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so the, write, the writer became insensible, basically. Yeah. It's possible. Um, go on then, Doc. Let's wrap up. Any, any, fine, any final thoughts before we, uh, before we give our scores? Yeah, a couple of things I, uh, I have to point out. 
um, I realised that during the course of my, my, my little commentary, um, I appeared to be using the words Catholic fundamentalist and Christian fundamentalist mm. interchangeably. I do know the difference. Uh, I know Christian fundamentalists are actually Protestant. Um, sure. So before, um, before anyone gets angry at me for that, uh, I apologise for the conflation. Mm. Um, go back over what we're talking about. You'll realise that when we talked about Catholic fundamentalists, we're talking about a completely different bunch of people to Christian fundamentalists. Mm -hmm. uh, so please don't pick out what seems to be a conflation. Sure. Um, we do know the difference. It's, it was a toughie for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's generally speaking, I don't object to being challenged. I, I find liberal baiting um lazy and unimaginative um and generally speaking my reaction to it is literally oh fuck off then yeah i mean for me i, I, I kind of I, I, I get your perspective but for me i, I put the, I, I chalk this one down to you know a bit of an experiment now you know whether, whether you think the experiment worked or not is down to a matter of opinion um you know i, I think you know that i think they identified a new taboo that they could try to shatter um, and, and just thought, you know what, let's just fucking go for it. That's the way I view it, Doc. Yeah, um, I guess that's what they did. Yeah, uh -huh. the, the good doctor is, is, is still not entirely happy about this, but we, we've, got, we've got to come to some kind of end at some point. Um, are, you, are you ready to give, your, to give your score, sir? Yeah, I am, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the solo. Uh, I really like the solo for which it gets two. So it's two Lequest and Swords out of ten in total? Yeah. Two yeah. out of ten. Good God. Um, now, we have never been so divided. Um, no track <laughs> being this divisive uh, for us because, I'm sorry, Doc, it's a straight ten out of ten for me. I absolutely yeah. fucking... Love this song. Um, yep, straight 10 out of 10 for me. So there we go, guys. From time to time, me and the doc are not going to agree at all, um, which is, which is <laughs> um, Don't forget. Um, I mean, uh, uh, um, anyone would think we had minds of our own or, or, or something like that, wouldn't they? It's crazy, isn't it? And, and, in the, and in this terrifying modern world, people that disagree are, are not meant to be you know, kind of, kind of bestest, bestest of bestest mates. Either got. So whatever are we going to do? You know, well, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to organise a Twitter pylon and, and try and get you cancelled. You son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, try and uh, um, try and deprive me of my my, my lucrative sponsors. <laughs> You've got it. Your, your advertisers are going to be running a fucking mile, sir. Alternatively. We could reconvene and review another Slayer track in a day or two. Well, I think we're going to do that, you know. I think by, by coincidence, yeah. that's exactly what we're going to do. Don't forget, guys, <laughs> you can contact us on Twitter at Vercast or on email at slatanicvercast at gmail.com or on Facebook at um, slatanicvercast on Facebook. Join us next time, as the doc just threatened, when we will be discussing the third track from South of Heaven, which is, of course, live undead. dead. <laughs>